you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hey everybody, G Suite by Google Cloud is a suite of cloud-based productivity tools that includes Gmail, Docs, Slides, Sheets, and Drive. You can make real-time updates to the same document without having to keep track of multiple versions. And since all the tools are cloud-based, your whole team can access the same document and work on the same page at the same time. Make it with G Suite by Google Cloud. To find out more, visit gsuite.com. Has 25% of the best hair in the network. <laughs> it's just confusing to me as a math guy. Welcome to the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined in a room filled with heroes Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. I believe that was a compliment on my hair. It, it was. And then I saw Mark's mm. kind of reaction, and it did bring back some bad memories of last Wednesday's. <laughs> I, I would say that there, show. I had not touted my I had my nothing own hair. to do with that hair bit just now. I'm not touting my own hair. I think that there, when Greg is on television, his hair looks pretty good. So I think mm. they're kind of not doing any help there. That's un- inaccurate. Right. Wes, I can't fight for you on this one. But When I, I was eight years looking. old, I had golden locks. <laughs> Erica has nice ago. hair. She's getting ignored in this, so I don't know. Right. Erica's the producer of the show, though. Still has nice hair. Yeah, wait, what? Well, You don't what, like my hair? Money's, no, what money is referring to is, is the, four of, the four of us. Stay in your lane. Don't talk. Just stay back there. That's Greg's don't field. Don't try to be Greg, part of the Greg, I will bury you in a well. <laughs> <laughs> and then fart on you. Fart on your corpse. Whoa. Farts. <laughs> you know it. Happy Halloween, everybody. We got some Halloween uh, music. It is the 31st. We, we have um, six children amongst us. Wes, only a matter of time before you put one in, in the old oven. The old bun in the oven. Uh, what are the what Luke and uh, Colton be for Halloween? Uh, Luke is dressed up as Iron Man. Colton is uh, Spider Man, and they've been out trick or treating like five times at this point. Really? Yes. There's is that been, a thing? There's yeah. They, they, they've they've already kids. had a weekend event. They've have an all day school thing. So tonight is mm. in a very truncated scenario. <laughs> are, so they've been using the same costumes over and over again. Yeah, but with di- that takes away some of the magic of October 31st with different friend groups. So it's you know. Mm. It's fresh to the people. That. What about your kids, Greg? Walker is uh, Percy from Thomas, you know, the tank engine. Ellis nice. is uh, a 
fairy, some sort of fairy, <laughs> a rose fairy. It's very elaborate. We already had two. Just ha- like her dad. Yeah, two Halloween parades. Uh, right. This morning, it was a, it was fun. Very nice um, Halloween parade. What about your uh, offspring? Jack is uh, going to be Optimus I'm Prime. Jack the Ripper. <laughs> he's going to be Jack the Ripper. Weird meta thing. No, he's going to be Optimus Prime from the um, Transformers series. Pretty big into that. And Harrison will be Batman. He's very excited about that. Oh, I saw a preview of that the other night. It was nice. <laughs> All right. So we got a lot to get into today, the Wednesday show. If you didn't see our Tuesday uh, podcast, our Tuesday video show, the uh, Twitter show, check that out. Uh, you could find it on the top of our Twitter uh, handles, the link. Uh, also, if you missed out on our emergency podcast on Monday that covered all the Browns madness. So catch up if you haven't done so already. Uh, We're going to hit the trade deadline winners and losers. uh, And then uh, our ATN midseason awards. That's fun. That's a lot of fun. A lot lot going on. And there's a lot of news to hit. So we got um, a packed show. So why don't we get right to it? And a deadline that we have to get out of this studio by. We do. What is it? Right. Isn't it noon? I think we just covered this, that there apparently is no deadline. Oh. Right. That was Beautiful. the conversation. Yeah, where were you during that? <laughs> tuning everyone out. Like this is happening more and more, I feel like, with Greg. He's just tuning us out. It's just like white noise all around him. He's had enough. It's a strength thing. <laughs> uh, in this case, maybe not. But we do have time. No, no, uh, no issues. Let's get to the trade deadline winners and losers. All right. Let's see. Five notable deals, right? Yes. Or five deals, period, right? On the deadline, yeah, a few last week, but right, of course. But uh, yeah, five exactly. All right, so let's go. Let's go around the horn here. I'll start with you, Greg. Um, what? Who is your big winner? Name a big winner from trade deadline Tuesday. I'd say Carson Wentz and, and Eagles fans, because Golden Tate to me was the most impactful addition that any team made. They were so thin at wide receiver. They're not getting good production out of Nelson Aguilar, and they never found a third receiver. And I think Howie Roseman said it well in his press conference that they're going for it. They're in their championship window. I see no reason why they can't get it going in the second half of the season. Golden Tate was the Lions' leading receiver in yards and receptions this year. He's 1,000 yards, 90 catches every single season, and it's just going to make that offense, which has not been very explosive, harder to defend. Nelson Aguilar is a little bit of an interesting case to me because he seemed to really make the leap last year and came on as a difference maker in that offense, and he did go extremely quiet. When Alshon Jeffrey was out, he didn't step up, and he just hasn't had the same impact on this offense. That's a fair point. He hasn't had a good year, and what he's been in the league, what, three or four years now, and he's had one good year? Right, and he's not going to lose snaps. He'll be on the outside more and Tate will probably be on the inside. I think it's just going to make their their rotation, especially when they go four receivers and you have Ertz and Goddard. It just gives them a lot more options. I mean, Colton Tate's one of the best slot receivers in football. Has been for years. Nothing's changed. One of the best free agent signings in Lions history. Checked with Patra on that. He said, yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, he's one of the better free agent signings in the NFL the last decade. 32 years old, exactly for a win-now team, which the Eagles certainly are. He's a, he's a perfect fit for them. On pace for 100 receptions and 1,200 yards. Uh, Wes, what do you got? How about, a winner. Here's a winner. NFC, NFC East fever. Let's have a pennant race, baby. <laughs> nice. They're all like, you know, the, Amari Cooper, the Cowboys made that trade. The Eagles make the Golden Tate trade. The Redskins answer with ha-ha Clinton Dix. 
I think the biggest weakness in their secondary was probably the safety next to DJ Swearinger, who's having an all-pro type of year, uh, Monte Nicholson. So they move him out of the starting lineup, put ha-ha Clinton Dixon there. Your 5-2 and two Redskins are rolling. That's one of the benefits of being in a division that's wide open because if you're in the NFC West, you might be thinking, well, we're not going to win the division here with the Rams above us, but everyone in the East, and it's a nice surprise that the Redskins are at the top of this thing right now when I, I fully counted them out before the year – that they're all around, and we're going to go. You always get all these NFC East primetime games down the stretch, which can be a high annoyance if the teams royally suck, but instead they're all sort of in the mix, and why not? The, as long as we don't get any Giants. I think we have one. Well, there is, there, there is the case of the Giants, but weeks. you could almost maybe enjoy the massive calamity on, on Furling there. <laughs> That's fair. It's been but on Furling for a few years. They're not even fun yeah. as a calamity, though. They're just a boring watch. Uh, how about there. a winner from you, Mark Sessler? A winner for me is anyone, uh, any fan or analyst who wants it both ways. Because you can look at the Dante Fowler move and say, you know what? The Jaguars won that deal because they – Fair enough. They dumped, they dumped his salary. They got rid of a, a guy that they're not fully on board with. And it's a great move that they got something back for Dante Fowler. But at the same time, we can say – wow, the Rams filled this need for this edge rusher, and we can look past the fact that he was essentially a bust in Jacksonville and say this is exactly what Los Angeles needs to go to the Super Bowl. So this is that time where we can cook it up either way and say, yes, my argument is correct. You'd say it about the teams, too. Absolutely. Yeah, because it's one of yeah. the – you know, Dave Caldwell's made a lot of bad picks in the first round. Luke Jokel, Blake Bortles. Dante Fowler, but if, if you if they've called not so well, yeah. Right. If you if you're a Dave Caldwell and a Jaguars <laughs> fan, it's like you, you got to be happy getting a third and a fifth to make up for one of these bad picks. I don't think they're gonna miss Dante Fowler. I don't think he's gonna make that big of an impact. But you never know with Wade Phillips. He can cook up. He can cook up sacks. I remember, you know, Daniel Jeremiah, who I think has hmm? a podcast. Daniel, um, Daniel Jeremiah, part of the company work, works at the network. Fashion. He remembers really going through like you know the Sean Merriman's defensive player of the year season and realizing that more than half of his sacks were just Wade Phillips sacks that almost any outside linebacker could have gotten those sacks in that season. And that's what they're hoping at least Dante Fowler can be because with all that other talent inside, you would think you would get some, some times where he gets a free look at a quarterback. Well, Bridget that censored did not like my, (laughs) uh, well, it's a computer that censored. Censored. Wait, Whoa! Wait, what is wrong with you guys? Bridget did not like my trade of Shane Ray Violent, to the man. to the Rams, but the Rams they actually went out and got the better pass rusher of the two, and it's hard to find a great edge rusher at this time of year without paying a ton. He's gonna step in and be their best edge rusher. So jealous, both of you. Just because she's in my garage, under my lock and key. Who's? I wasn't making a judgment. I like. I'm into it. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, I also what I called her, I think, seems appropriate by based on what you're telling us. Yeah, her activities. Plug are in your Bridget. House. What's Bridget have to say? Dan is hot and masculine. Good old wizard. I think Bridget's Beautiful woman. ability to verbalize fresh new ideas is what I like about her best. <laughs> uh, remember, she was uh, recovered in a dumpster, uh, right. a 90s dumpster. It was like a old parts collected at like an office building that was abandoned, and people just happened to come clean it out years after the fact. So she's made up of a lot of it's those a, composite It's a real parts. miracle. Anyway, I'll go throw out a loser. You guys are losers for coming after my Bridget. Mm. What a manufactured <laughs> joke. Uh, I, the, the Packers Super Bowl chances. I, you know, I don't understand. I don't understand this trade. 
We talked about it on the Twitter show, and Wes, I want to hear your side of this as well because you have an opinion in the other direction. But haha, Clinton Dix, I looked it up, and I know Pro Football Focus isn't the be-all, end-all. Uh, but this guy's a every-snap-type guy in their, in their secondary, haha, Clinton Dix. Uh, he's ranked number five among safeties on PFF, uh, and he is a piece of that defense, and you send him away. You send him to Washington uh, for a draft pick. Again, in the season where we can't, everyone's talking about the same thing. The Packers better not blow this with Aaron Rodgers in a Super Bowl window. Then they moved Ty Montgomery, and I understand that he had been lessened. His, his role in the offense has been lessening. Uh, but that just that just smacked me of kind of an overreaction to what happened on Sunday. He was pro- he was a useful guy. It wasn't long ago where they were thinking he was a solution in the backfield. Uh, so you dump him for a 2027th round pick. You lose a, a big piece of your secondary. And oh, by the way, you're right in the middle of things in the NFC. I don't see how the Packers are better on Wednesday than they were on Tuesday. And I don't like that. Feels like an overreaction to me. Ty Montgomery. To me, that's a net gain because it helps clarify a backfield that needs less Ty Montgomery in it and more Aaron Jones in it. That's good to me. Well, it's also depth. I know he may not be the guy, but he gives you another option. Injuries happen all the time. He's been a solid role player for them. It's not a small thing that he came out and said, I can't trust people in the locker room. No, that's what got him traded. Montgomery felt like a bridge But the more Aaron Jones, the better. To me, this is a very good thing. Uh, Ha ha Clinton Dix. PFF isn't the only one grading players, and Packers fans will tell you, haha, Clinton Dix has been a liability this year. He has missed too many tackles, taken some poor routes. Um, and like I said on the Twitter show yesterday, I think they have a lot of intriguing young talent there that is getting healthy and is deserving of snaps, and they want to take a look. Now, if haha, Clinton Dix wasn't going to be a free agent, I don't think this trade would have happened, but I don't think it's already set in stone that they're going to have a worse secondary. In fact, I think with Jair Alexander healthy, with Josh Jones healthy, with Josh Jackson playing more, with Bashad Breeland perhaps playing more, this could be an even better secondary than it it's was. A in mix, the first it's game. a mixed message because he literally played every snap of the season so far. So the coaches certainly trusted him. And I, I think it was some of his comments where he's talked openly about figuring this his time in Green Bay is, is coming up and they figure they get a pick from We're there, talking about a solid starter, not a difference maker. I agree with that. And th- there is some there is some way to look at it, though, if you're a Packers fan, that like you're probably going to get a compensatory pick unless they're a team that gets active in free agency for him anyways. So he might be like a third-round compensatory pick, and I think that's part of the equation. When you're Philadelphia mm-hmm. or Washington, if you don't sign these guys in free agency, that goes into your compensatory pick formula. Now, people like just assume you're going to get those picks. You don't necessarily get them because you might be very active in free agency. But either way, that's something Philadelphia is absolutely taking into account. And, and Washington might get a great pick for Clinton Dix. They might get eight games for him and a pick. It yep. just won't be till I thought the compensatory picks worked where they just give the Ravens about 18 of them and then everyone that's else That's part of it, yeah. The part, Ravens some. get a bunch, the Patriots, and then there's a formula. That's for in your words, Wes, Clinton Dix might not be a difference maker, but he's a solid starter. It's good to have yeah. solid starters around. And I, I don't know. Here's a prediction. Josh Jones, the guy they drafted in the second round last year, the guy who's been unhealthy for the first two months of the season and looks poised to step into the lineup, is the best athlete on their defense. And I predict you will be impressed by the way he plays. And, and a, lot of the, a lot of the things that Jair Alexander did, who last week looked like the best you know, slot cornerback in the league for one week, and Mike McCarthy, I thought was very interesting, said this guy can be the best player on our defense, period, which is a pretty strong statement considering you know, Mike Daniels on that defense. 
he can do a lot of the things that Clinton Dix did. Greg, you wrote a winners and a losers I did. column on NFL.com. So if you want to do a deep dive. A new um, concept, tr- testing it out. <laughs> Let me know what you guys think. A revolutionary piece of writing. Uh, but uh, why don't you throw us a loser? we got time for two more. Hit us up, Greg. Mm. You want us to come back? Well, we've covered. Well, we've covered. Nice a Henley lot. today. I got one. We've, co- new we've covered a lot of the topics. I was trying to think. Is this a new Henley? Um, a lot of streets talking about this Henley. <laughs> it is. Yeah, I think uh. it was nine ninety nine. So great value. <laughs> nice. Too. Wes, you got it. You got a loser. Yeah, the Lions. Yeah. Who last week went out and traded for Damon Harrison, and he's under contract for next year. So it's not like they were saying, you know, this is only about this year. But it looked like they were a team that thought they had a chance in that division. And then they go out and trade their leading receiver the next week. They're behaving like that Seahawks loss was almost like they lost a breakup. Like they're sitting on mm. a couch eating Fruity Pebbles at 3 in the afternoon in their <laughs> underwear right now. And they don't really have it. Something it's a hot thought. To fill in for them. They have TJ Jones. It, it, was a, it was a strange move. They're talking about Brandon Powell, who's an undrafted well, free agent. You wonder if it was pers- not personal, but just like here's someone that we don't mind trading we're going to get four years of a third-round pick. We're not going to win the Super Bowl. I think Dan's theory that maybe Golden Tate wasn't on board with the Matt Patricia experience, but area Detroit reporter who went after Patricia about this trade, Ooh, I, I like think we this. have some sound here. Let's this hear did not go well for this reporter, this journo. Why do you think this makes your franchise better? Um, well, you know, do me a favor. Just kind of sit up and just like have a little respect for the process. Every day you come in and ask me questions, and you just kind of like – you know, give me this. But, I mean, like, just, just be a little respectful. Just, oh. I'm asking just to be a little respectful in this whole process, okay? So ask me a question professionally, and I'll answer it for you. Oh, my God. Cherno, takedown. Wow. I'm not cold. Wait, wait a second. For fo- for posture? He buried the guy for posture? Well, I, I think, don't know who, which guy I was. I thought but the it question sounds was like professional. It, I think it sounds like someone that's probably been harping on him. kind of Probably been on his November radar. November almost. It's a yeah. somewhat... Negative question. I thought, like, the, the reaction I've seen on Twitter, though, is it's like, calm down, reporters. Your entire job is basically telling someone who has greater expertise than you that, like, some decisions that you think that they could have done better. Here's Patricia just being, being up front, saying to his face, you know, be a little more respectful. Like, being an honest person instead of just, like, talking about it or writing about it. It's like, calm down. You know, it was a, sack up. It was a summer- it's fine. It was a somewhat hard question, but that's what the big chair, that's what you get in the big chair. And he answered the question. Right. I know, but it, he said it, it was uh, talking about his the way he was sitting as well. I don't that's think it's, we, I don't think it's a good bit. practice if he I don't know treats every that. question he gets with reporters that way. I know, no, I know he comes from the Belichick story. school, but I mean, they're, that's there's, not how you want to handle this comp- no, you know, of, issues in Detroit. Of course not, but if this is a guy <laughs> who's been annoying him for a while and he's just kind of like sitting there being like, all right, how does this make the Lions better? It's like, fine. I'm totally fine with him going at him like a third as hard as that guy has probably gone at Patricia in the media or on some yeah, radio show or it whatever. Com- we don't know that. Also, yeah. that, com- that comes with the job. That's why you're getting paid you're just a guaranteed that. four-year contract as a coach to deal with that. But stuff. I'm fine with that. Like, How many times have we mocked Mac Patricia for his dress for his, like how he looks or whatever. We're doing it with fun, but Who's it's like we? this show or any show. I think we've, we haven't been to, uh, there's how been people we're talking about. Like how sloppy he is and just like, I don't know. It's fine. Just be a man. Like, Zach, it's fine. Take we it. We like a five don't second so clip and we're not like in the Lions newsroom on, on a weekly basis. I think that's one of those like 90% of this. Is, it's an iceberg. 90% of it's below the surface and we can't see it. Yeah, I guess I'd just love to know what was yeah. going on behind the scenes there. Uh, any more losers? Anybody? 
I, I would go with another winner. We haven't hit the Deshaun Watson, sure. the Demarius Thomas trade. That just makes the Texans better. I don't think Demarius Thomas is a huge difference maker right now. I think, as Wes pointed out, Golden Tate, to me, is, is a much bigger move. But it makes them better. They don't have guys who can move the chains. Uh, they're, sl- you're, they're, they're counting on a rookie slot receiver, uh, Kiki Cute, who is injured right now. They are. He's played well when he's He's played help. well, but they are thin. So they need an outside guy. Thomas helps. It opens up time for Cortland Sutton in Denver. It's a win-win all around. They are better than they were Friday morning and worse than they were Thursday last Thursday afternoon because Will Fuller is better than Demarius Thomas right now. Oh, by far. Agreed. And uh, I do like the move because it does keep the positive momentum going for them. That was a big setback to lose Fuller. But now you're plugging in a former pro bowler who might have something to play for, maybe a little chip on his shoulder the way things ended in Denver. I like that. One quick loser. Like All these people, like a Demarius Thomas, how many people in Denver now have Demarius Thomas jerseys that go back into a closet and sit on a hanger until 2026, unworn again, because the guy, because players oh, move around Oh, that's a great so investment. That guy was on the team for like Good. 10 years. What if you just bought a Monte Nicholson jersey and he's probably not oh, even going to be on the team two That's years on you. you know, huh? I've shared my theory I on this. <laughs> I've shared my, my theory on this that with the jerseys. Do not buy a jersey unless it is a stone-cold lock. Uh, and I know it's going to be like, oh, nobody should wear jerseys because you guys are big boys. But what I'm saying is if you're going to buy a jersey, make sure he's a stud, a quarterback that you're building on, Sa- Saquon Barkley, somebody like that. I think you've done well with the Thomas jersey. I'm saying it's a, it's a treasured piece of clothing that now goes deep into the closet. Like my Amendola jersey? Bingo, yeah, that right? Was- I mean, you got That's nine tough. seasons out of Thomas. You got ten playoff games. That's almost another season entirely. And Broncos management has already announced that he's a ring of famer. Maybe you keep so that jersey. So he has to wear that whenever that Maybe you keep celebration it. is. Maybe that wasn't the best example. when it <laughs> You could wear it this thing, week as a final send-off when he visits the Broncos. There it's you a go. Confusing. That would be One a weird move. Time. So maybe these guys are winners, not losers, the Demarius Thomas jersey. Owner. Sure. They're they, winners. If they got the jersey a They've long won. time ago. This guy is one of the greatest wide receivers in franchise history. There are a couple people that probably got it a year ago and Here, thinking that was a hideous in, investment. Here's a sneaky loser. I can't believe we're still talking in, about this. In my mind, <laughs> I just spent the past minute trying to muster up empathy for Monte Nicholson jersey buyers, and there was just nothing there. It's just the Nicholson family. There's it. no way uh, he's really selling out. Uh, another loser, Joe Flacco, because – Marty, Marty Morningweg is already coming up with a lot of ways for him to be at wide receiver and not touch the ball in these <laughs> situations. Now that Ty Montgomery's on the team, a wide receiver slash running back, you put him out there with Lamar Jackson, it's like, forget it. There's got to be some craziness going on. Flacco. Flacco. <laughs> is I don't know if it's a bit. I think it's true. Flacco, Flacco is, got another weapon. That's good. He's going to be on the outside just like watching everyone else uh, do like Ringling Brothers. Flacco, by stuff. the way, is approaching uh, Jay Cutler levels of apathy when he lines up on the outside. Nobody will ever top Jay Cutler doing it last year in Miami, but Flacco's got a chance. He does it. Yeah. He says his wife has gotten on him about it. Hmm. All right. Let's do some news. Burger, get out of the freaking way! You know, the, the ESPN officials have backed down and uh, put plexiglass, replaced the big flat screen TV, which is an absurd thing in retrospect that they thought that was the solution to put an 80 inch uh, flat screen on the Booger Mobile for Monday Night Football. They, they now removed that plexiglass. So now you can look at Booger's giant head uh, instead of the giant screen. Yeah, I still don't see a winner here in this winner column or loser column. <laughs> uh, let's start uh, with a loser in the news. Well, loser is such a strong word, but that, you know that, this is sports. 
Hey, Greg, you know, sack up. That's what I'm saying. You're, you're, they're big boys. Eat it, uh, Lions reporter. You're the loser today. <laughs> Whoa. Greg hates the – I hope this – I don't know who this guy is, but I hope he confronts you at the combine. And I'm going to be there with the <laughs> – I'm, I'm sure the word will get directly to him, and he'll, he'll like, put me up on a list. On Erica, can you like find Billy out Madison? who the reporter is? I've been trying to find this. out. For I've, sure. I've been find trying it. to find out. Oh, you've had some guesses. I had – one was already uh, disproven. Hmm. It's not a huge group. You, no. you could use an insider. We had somebody from the Detroit beat on the show that got pissed off about something that I said about him. Do you remember that? It was a long time ago. You're not thinking of the Browns reporter that we took to task and then. Oh, no, it was the Detroit no? Lions. Well, we'll hmm. figure it out. Okay. A lot, a lot of unanswered questions. Anyway, the loser is Jameis Winston because he is going back to the bench. Uh, Dirk Cutter announced Monday that Ryan Fitzpatrick returns to the starting lineup uh, week nine against the Panthers. And Cutter said it's week to week. It's week to week. His quote, it's not my nature to change quarterbacks. Uh, Winston, seven turnovers in the last two weeks. Chris Wessling making it an easy decision. Is it the wrong decision to make it a week-to-week announcement to the press? I feel like you got to just ride or die with Fitzy at this point, right? I think you're sort of damned if you do, damned if you don't, considering Ryan Fitzpatrick's history. That's true. Are you going to really give him the rest of the season? And if he goes in the tank, what do you do? But I would say that in all the years following football, I don't think I've ever seen a quarterback playing at the level of Ryan Fitzpatrick benched. I, I just don't think I've ever seen anybody playing that well sent to the bench. Um, he has roughly the same number of attempts as Jameis Winston and has about 400 more passing yards. That is a sizable difference, and I think this is a move they had to make. In if if Fitzpatrick struggles, it wouldn't surprise me if they go back. It's almost like Winston had some sort of break just before overtime in Cleveland. Because before that, like Winston's only started two games, and in those two games, you three. pretty you were no right three. Yeah, at that point though, he had only started okay. two games, and at that you know for about seven quarters, he basically it was the Jameis Winston experience. He was racking up a lot of yards. His team was scoring points. They were in. Close, both close games, leading most of them, you know, making mistakes. And then, like, that overtime was rough. I mean, his head, it seemed like his head was spinning. He ended up making a game-winning throw, but his head was spinning. It was a terrible performance. And then the next week he comes out and just has a kind of a mind fart. I mean, the whole the whole game was, those interceptions were so were ugly. Awful. It was like it was in his head. It was as if he understood that these next few games decides his entire future in Tampa Bay and that some of his teammates maybe don't love him and that he's had this off-field trouble, which goes totally against the leadership that he's been trying to do for a franchise. And as if all that weight is coming down on him and he's feeling it and he's playing. How about this? Sack up. You're a franchise right. quarterback. I mean, I'm just saying uh, that's, or is that's almost what it looks like. That's I don't three know. sack ups and three fart references in today's podcast. Twenty five minutes in. If you're Dirk Cutter, one thing, I mean, you have, you are, you know that you're on a nine game, you have nine games left in Tampa. You're three and four. You're not out of it. That's the argument to ride the hot hand. You don't just say we're going to ride with one guy till the end because you're doing everything you can. And it's it's not going to happen. But you're hoping that there's some chance that you somehow get into wild card contention in the last week or two and make an argument for yourself. He's, but that's he's, the only move to make, isn't it? Done. That's why I'm saying you don't say we're just sticking with Fitzpatrick right. from now to the end. You have to say if Fitzpatrick has a Fitzpatrick-like meltdown, you go back to Winston. You're probably going to flip-flop again. Right, and it, it always helped distract – from the fact that they were the the worst defense in the league last year and probably the worst defense in the league this year. Two years in a row. And I don't think it would surprise And he's me. the one running the show. So to me, he's 
barring them going 11 and 5, he's going to be good. They ain't doing Considering that. the talent on this offense, I don't think it would surprise anyone if he has a very good final two months of the season and keeps the job. Uh, more quarterback news. Uh, Brocktober will uh, roll into November. No, can't do it. We got too much to get to today. Can't. No, people demand it. I mean, wow, it's Tambosi just surprising you. There's only about 12 hours left in the month. Right. <laughs> Brocktober! You have to be tired after the after these uh, sessions. I don't want to do it. It's like the Incredible Hulk, where it's like <laughs> I don't want to have to do it. But it, once my skin starts turning green and my my clothes are ripping and I'm turning into the monster, we saw that. Took a few days off your life there. <laughs> Brock Osweiler will start again for the Dolphins on Sunday against the Jets. Uh, Adam Gase said Wednesday that Tannehill, Ryan Tannehill, has already been ruled out this week due to a lingering shoulder issue. Not a good thing. It's his fourth game missed and suffering the injury. The timetable is unknown. Gase said Wednesday surgery has not been brought up to me. It's a rest-type thing. This will be the fourth start for Osweiler, who's been up and down. Not a total disaster, Mark, uh, but still not a guy that's a solution for a team that's trying to hang around in the wild card race. I think Adam Gase has done as good of a job with Brock Osweiler as you could ask for, and he's not been the reason that they've lost in recent weeks. I mean, the Dolphins, I don't know. This this feels to me – I like, mean, he was up there against the Texans. He was terrible. The game yeah. before, I thought he played well. Played well the he, two he, games before. I Absolutely. also think that I, that he's thrown the ball better than he has, at, but that's not hard to do because he was one of the worst in the league in p- past seasons. But what do you do? You st- you're stuck with him. And the Tannehill thing to me feels like this. his career is over in Miami. He's a, he turned back into a pumpkin at midnight last week. Yeah, it was a bad. He might, you and, know, and that's you can coming, coach right? around him, but it's it's not like I think if Adam Gase had a great team, he could actually coach Brock Osweiler up enough that they wouldn't kill him. But they don't have a great team. Their defense has been terrible the last two weeks, and they're they're still trying to figure out a lot at the receiver I, position. It, they have other problems. You have to go. There are not going to be too many games this year where defensive pass coverage is as bad as Miami's was on Thursday night against the Texans. I mean, there was some outrageous Their, their defense breakdowns. has been atrocious lately. Um, and I think you probably won't see Tannehill until Thanksgiving. They have the Jets this week. He's not playing this week. And then they only have one more game until they're by. They have a late bye week 11. So And that's if the shoulder responds. Right. right. There, there, next there's, a, there's a chance. It seems under the undercurrent of this is that he might have a serious surgery coming up that – you know, changes his chances of even getting any sort of contract or playing next year. That that at least seems like it's possible. That's that's what more, they're not saying. More grim uh, quarterback news. Nathan Peterman is starting in the NFL again. I can't believe this keeps happening. Uh, it was reported originally by ESPN's Adam Schefter. Peterman expected to start for the Bills week nine uh, against the Bears. The Bears uh, after <laughs> Derek Anderson. Team of ATL, baby. Back in first place. They went from last place to first yeah, place did. in one and, week. And by the way, Another reason why they should sit Khalil Mack another week, because you don't have to worry about the bear, the Bills at all with Derek with uh, uh, 
Nathan Peterman, who just is not a good quarterback. Derek Anderson suffered a concussion late against the Patriots. So the worst quarterback situation in the league, Greg, keeps on taking grim turn after grim turn. The worst offense uh, in since 1987, according to Football Outsiders. What was that? What was that previous one? Maybe the Buccaneers of that year. I mean, you, not, I'm not putting you on the spot. You can look it up. But you did put him on the spot. You did. Apologies. Fortunately, the internet doesn't seem to be working in here today. <laughs> I feel like 87 was when Testaverde, Vinny Testaverde, was a rookie and threw like a billion yes. interceptions. It so. was not a good uh, rookie campaign uh, for Vinny T. I, the Bills fans deserve better. I mean, I know they get a little wild here before the game, but this is a depressing season to follow your first playoff trip. In Absolutely. Games. By the way, things are okay, though, because Matt Barkley is signed with the team as uh, uh, depth insurance. And in the in the signing that I've never I've never been more convinced, really since Kenny Britt signed with the the Browns, that something will go uh, poorly and will not last than Terrell Pryor signing with the Bills. So you're going to send that dude who all we hear about all the time is he can't get along with anyone. He's kind of got a bit of an attitude, a diva type. Send him to Western New York just as winter approaches <laughs> on the worst team in football uh, with the worst quarterback situation in football yeah, that's going to go well. I give it four weeks. You know, it, there's another reason why it won't go well. Because Terrell Pryor is going to land in Buffalo knowing that he's the best quarterback on the roster. Mm. <laughs> Maybe he'll well, play quarterback. I think, what, <laughs> I think what you're overlooking, though, when you – like, it, some teams, yeah, that makes sense. But I think in a locker room – led by LaShawn McCoy and Kelvin Benjamin and Nathan Peterman, I think then he falls in line and you see That's a new true. Yeah, absolutely. There's accountability, accountability there yeah. for sure. And Sean McDermott, you know, you know, not since Phil Jackson in his heyday has a guy been able to get uh, big-time stars to buy into a program. That's that exactly. part of coaching that it just is so uh, – it's so mysterious and he's able to do it. The Cowboys have made a change at offensive coordinator uh, – excuse me, offensive line coach. Uh, they fired uh, Paul, Alexander. Paul Alexander, former Bengals O-line coach. After a three and four start uh, for the Cowboys, uh, they they make that move, and it's a surprising move uh, because, uh, or not a surprising move, but a year ago, no one would have ever expected this. This is an offensive line that was humming uh, maybe two years ago, but things have not gone as smoothly. A lot of it injury related, Greg. So maybe this guy's getting banged a little bit, but t- take us through the trenches, Greg. Well, they, <laughs> they made a surprising move to fire their offensive line coach after last year. And so now they're doing it again. I guess they have regrets and they've got old uh, Cowboys. Great Mark Colombo leading the charge. Now the Bengals and Cowboys essentially <laughs> traded, line, traded coaches. line coaches and the Bengals line got a lot better. Right. And the Cowboys line had been great for years. I don't know if it was a personal thing and they, they felt like they needed to make Changes at the end of last season was disappointing, but it hasn't worked. Uh, let's move on to some injury news. Lane Johnson, the right tackle of the Eagles, suffered an MCL sprain in week eight. Uh, it will cost them several weeks. Uh, MCL sprain. Uh, MCL sprain, it's basically like a small tear. So it's it's an issue that's going to keep him on the sideline but not end his season. Uh, and uh, another injury news, Kyle Long, uh, who is the – you know, great guard for the Bears. He suffered a foot injury late in uh, their win against the Jets. Uh, he's going to be out six to eight weeks. Uh, so those are two big hits uh, to um, contenders in the NFC's offensive lines. Long's had had a chance to be one of the, you know, the best offensive linemen in the league here for this decade, but injuries have really kind of crushed his career over the last three years, and you, you do wonder if he's ever going to be able to stay healthy. The Bears should be in decent shape there. They they can plug in second-round pick James Daniels, who's been coming off their bench this year. Moving on, we have a 
Oh, one more injury, by the way. Marcus Davenport, uh, the first-round defensive end of the Saints, expect, expected to miss about a month with a toe injury, uh, injured in the final play of the game against the Vikings. That sucks. That's a loss for them. He played great in that game. So that that's an issue uh, uh, for the Saints in their depth. Uh, Davenport on the shelf for a month. Moving on, uh, Dominique rogers Cromarty, who had a really solid career, uh, landed with the Raiders uh, this season. He has announced his retirement. Um, Wes, your uh, thoughts about DRC? Nice run for him. Yeah, I think he saw the writing on the wall there that they weren't going to play him the rest of the year. I was wondering, what uniform do you see him in? When I pictured him retiring, he played for so many teams, the Eagles, the Giants, the Cardinals, the Broncos for a year. Uh, I think the Broncos, just because that was the Super Bowl, and he announced that or there was a report at the Super Bowl that he was going to retire after that year. And that was you know, five years ago. I think of the Cardinals and that those Kurt Warner teams that really got close and Cardinals he was part of the, I think Cardinals the young too. nucleus there. He had four interceptions, returns for touchdowns in three years in Arizona. He, he was a playmaker. He was up and down, but after that point where he won the Super Bowl and you know almost retired, he had a Pro Bowl appearance and a second team All Pro in fifteen and sixteen, and so he spread it out because he had a, a Pro Bowl in I think oh nine as well. It was very, very good career. I don't like losing players with these uh, hyphenated long last names. Like Rogers Cromartie. I always remember typing that in stories, and there he's gone. He's I gone. actually like it. No, Not I like, that I like that he, oh, I thought you said you didn't like. No, I, I, like, I, like, like, I like strange names like that. Valdez Scantling um, is a yeah. nice addition. So you do like, like it. I do like it. I hated it because I wasn't sure about Dominique, the spelling. Rogers is there, D in there, then the hyphen. Cromartie I had because I knew Antonio. But it was always a tricky name for me. It's been a great run for the Cromartie family. I mean, I pretty much this whole century. We're losing the Cromartie. Well, there's a chance for more. There's like 27 children right, born need, between well, these. The, men, the so. chances that one of the Cromartie children, Antonio, and his uh, wife are not in the NFL, it's like nil. Right. We're going to see at least Multiple, a couple. Yeah. Rogers Even is one a of the sneaky, sisters. annoying name because of that D. Yeah. You never know whether the D's in there or not. It's a killer. What, what's that? <laughs> Orson? <laughs> ah! Brandon Marshall, it's the end of the road for uh, the veteran uh, wide receiver. Most likely, the Seahawks released Marshall on Tuesday. He uh, he made the Saints fifty-three or the Seahawks fifty-three man roster uh, with a strong summer and was a big part of their rotation or uh, their three wide receiver sets early on. But as you might imagine, a thirty-four-year-old wide receiver who's two or three years past his uh, best days, he was not making plays. He eventually. Uh, got unseated uh, uh, by David Moore, and now he's on the street. And, Greg, this has to be the end of Brandon Marshall. Another long, uh, winding road of a career, but quite productive. So much fun to watch early in his career. One of my favorite, just kind of those physical receivers. He could do he could do everything. He could have had a Hall of – I think he would have had a pretty decent Hall of Fame candidacy if he had a little more luck with the teams that he was on. Never played a playoff game. Like, if he had just been on a couple dominant teams, I think, you know, it would help him because people just would view him differently. It's going to be tough for him now, but he has has great numbers. Never could stay in a locker room more than a few years. Nope. I talked with his mom for a Mother's Day piece, and she told some incredible stories about how tough their childhood was, that they would have to, at times, walk six or seven miles to go to a store with their mom, and she'd be so tired on the way back. Did you grow up with Mike Sims Walker? I don't know if that's the case. I think case, they're cousins. Were, or there were multiple brothers, and like he just—I—I I think a lot of the issues he had early on, the way that he flipped his career around to make 
light of that and help other people, that doesn't happen often. With I mean, his tough. I remember every year just when I was at Roto World, be like, well, this is the year Brandon Marshall doesn't get it done because he just had hip and back surgery this offseason. He, he had more surgeries per year and then just would be amazing the next year anyways than any player I can think of. Remember, he He's was here. Guy. He was one of the best people sat that sat with us in this studio. <laughs> You remember that? He was one of our yes. best guests. Yes, and he was, he was great. He was a very well. nice guy, and I give him a ton of credit for turning his life around. Yeah, for sure. And um, his last big season was with the Jets in 2015. Um, Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker are probably the best one-two combo of wide receivers in my years as a Jets fan. Corbett and Keyshawn back in the day were also great. But those guys were beasts that season. Uh, Brandon Marshall. Didn't they set the record for most games in which both of them scored a touchdown? Yes. It I was, think it was like it was nine one. games. It broke the Randy Moss-Chris Carter record. His consistency was incredible, both of them that season. Finally, uh, a little London talk. We just wrapped up the London games in uh, uh, 2018. Next year, there were three this year. There will be four in 2019, two at Wembley Stadium and uh, two at Tottenham Hotspurs. I would love to go see one of these games. Maybe they'll send us. There's, there's some percolations behind the scenes about another around the NFL podcast trip uh, to London, and nothing is set in stone. It's uh, got to happen. And I don't know if it would happen during these uh, the London games next year, but good for them. And speaking of the Jets, so the Daily News reported there's a good chance the Jets will play in one of those games, which makes sense because their owner is the U.S. ambassador to the U.K. Is that his role? Yeah. He's there. Uh, so there you go. Four games in 2019. They're serious about this thing. Mark, you're down on it. Privately, you've told me. That is absolutely opposite from true. <laughs> That's what's happening in the news. All right, let's get to it. Uh, before we do, actually, you may or may not have heard, but Lowe's is the new home of Craftsman, is new home of Craftsman, which means that at Lowe's you'll find an ever-growing selection of mechanics tools, tool storage, and more in-store and online ready to help tackle projects throughout your home. Uh, you know, if one of those projects happens to be a really tight space to get to, then you definitely need to check out the 122th Ratchet. It has a blank degree arc swing, you guys. Three. Nice. Don't know what that does? Uh, tell us, please. No, you know it. Tell oh, me. It, it makes it easy for you as a tool user to get into those <laughs> tight spaces. Exactly. You nailed it. <laughs> We've been hearing about this for like eight weeks. I know. Cool, right? It's great. Oh, yeah. That's in the script. Cool, right? Oh. Uh, shop the new home of Craftsman today at Lowe's.com slash around. That's Lowe's.com slash around. I got to get my hands on that 122th ratchet for Christmas. Send it to Daddy and then send one to Greg with a toolbox. Don't wait till then. <laughs> All right. It's time for the Around the NFL Midseason Awards. A little early for the timpani. I was thinking maybe some music to welcome us into the uh, – <laughs> Into the award show. There it is. Hey, Greg, you're still recovering from that ad read, aren't you? (laughs) Wake me up. I feel like Greg's not quite with us today. There's something going on behind the scenes, Greg. Tell us about it. Just Eric and I have been having so much drama in our personal relationship. It's really, I think, taken a toll on my professionalism. Oh. Didn't seem to bother Eric on the latest. That uh, was the cue for the laugh track. 
All right, Erica, maybe some late nights over on the uh, Anthony Jeselnik, Greg Rosenthal podcast. Yeah, subscribe on iTunes. No, uh, you know, I just made that up. As long as it chips away at this show, perfect. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so what are we going to do? This is – let's bring that music back because that was jaunty. I was enjoying (laughs) the music. We're going to go through a bunch of categories. Wes has got a little bounce in his step. Reminds uh, me of Johnny Carson. And we're going to uh, <laughs> we're going to go through it and pick what uh, who's who's really uh, stood out so far in 2018. Who is not? Who is withered? Who who needs to sack up? As Greg says so often. So we'll get to the first category. And it's you know we're going to go through a bunch of categories, but the first category is MVP. All right, but a little twist on it. And Mark, I'm going to throw it to you on this one. Uh, who is in the MVP race outside of the Holy Trinity of Patrick Mahomes, Drew Brees, and Todd Gurley? Is there anyone else that is even in the hunt right now? Jared Mid-season. Goff? Jared Goff, interesting. I mean, I, if Jared Goff continues to do what he's done and the Rams go 15-1 and or 16-0, and he's a quarterback. He doesn't make mistakes. He, put up, he puts up big numbers. It wouldn't be my vote, but you're saying outside of those guys, that would be someone I And who pick. would be your vote, period? For me, uh, Drew Brees is my MVP pick without any questions at all. Ooh, wow, no questions. Not taking questions from the crowd. And basically just <laughs> I have made my decision. So it's not even close. Patrick it's Mahomes over. obviously no, is I mean, Patrick Mahomes is, is your offensive player of the year, and I've, met, I've discussed this a thousand times. They, do, they give one to one, one to the other. Just an Oscar race thing. Just get you just spread out the awards. Tough to coordinate that though. You know, it's fifty different people. Well, voting. the league will step in if they need to. I mean, it's also mid-season. I it I'm a little annoyed about like after week five getting tweets about like, well, what do you think this you know did for Todd Gurley's chances in the MVP race? Like they, the MVP race hasn't started. Yeah, I would like it's mostly a December thing. At this point, it would be shot. You know, Breeze and Mahomes are clearly ahead of the pack. I think Gurley's Gurley's right there with him. I, he has the numbers in my mind. He's it's tricky. It's it's almost unfair to throw running backs in <laughs> with any of those quarterbacks. Very true. All right, Chris West. Mahomes playing better than anyone we've ever seen. Just about. <laughs> oh come on, stop. All right, so there you go. The MVP is clearly Drew Brees, and there will be no questions. That's my asked. opinion. The coach of the year, Chris Wessling. Let's get a little timpani drum for this one. You know what you got to do here, Wes. Vamp if you have to. You just got to wait for that drum. The coach of the year through eight weeks is... I mean, you say eight weeks. Just, it's for the next decade, Sean McVay. Oh, just keep, just give it to him every year. He's running circles around the league. Well, that hasn't worked for Belichick. I wonder if sometimes these things are not. And it's another award where I don't love where the where it goes, winner wise. Right, they, people like the love play toy though for uh, writers and everyone to be excited sure. about. People love like the overachieving four and three team. Like, well, let's give it to Matt Nagy. No, that calm down. Sean McVay. Like your coaching also starts in the off season in everything that you do to prepare your team. There's no one better. Than Sean McVay. Is it a Sean versus Sean race? Sean, Sean Payton feels like he could be in this conversation. Who? Sean Payton. Coach. Sean Payton. We'll throw it to the crowd. Sean Payton. <laughs> we're in. We're in L.A., so that makes a lot of sense. Andy Reid and Bill Belichick. They <laughs> angry crowd. No, they don't in. give coach of the years to Bill Belichick anymore. But it's early enough that I would put those two. In. Does he really need it? 
Bill's fine. Bill's got seven rings. He's got a boat literally called Seven Rings. I mean, Coach of the Year doesn't guarantee you much. There's a lot of Coach of the Years that got fired pretty soon afterwards. Jim Mora, Dick Duran. Well, because it's the usually these pretty, it's these pretty comeback stories. It's not right. usually the best coach. And well, Pete Carroll is a dark horse. Yeah, hey, he could come one. up. I like that. If you could beat the Rams in their second game and mm. make that division a, a little tighter. All of the good coaches are coaching well. That's what tends to happen. All right, we got another one for you, Greg. You're up. Give us a offensive rookie of the year. Non-Saquon Barkley division. <laughs> got to keep Saquon out of the mix. I got one for you. All right, well, this is Greg, but you can get involved with the conversation. I'll, I'll let Wes answer. I don't know. I know where Wes is going, and but I already Wes. agree with him. Guy averaging about six yards per carry mm -hmm. for an offense that's leading the league at 5.3 yards per carry for the entire backfield. Philip Lindsay. Yes, that's, that's yeah. the right answer. You might take him over Barkley at this point. The yardage is pretty similar, right? I, I couldn't do that. I'd want to, but I couldn't. Barkley's too good. You got anybody, Greg? No, those would be the guys. I think the quarterbacks have played themselves out of this. Calvin Ridley? Ridley would have been in the mix. He slowed a little down quieter. a little bit. Yep. All right, how about I was this? I trying to think of a receiver because the quarterbacks, I think Mayfield still would have a chance if he can bounce back in the second half of the season. I think he, Mayfield has played way better than the numbers say, and then people are acting like he hasn't played well the last two weeks. He still looked like the best rookie quarterback in the league the last two weeks, even when people are getting on, on the Browns. I thought it was interesting that the four worst completion percentages in the NFL are the four first-round rookie starting quarterbacks. Some of those guys are dealing with a lot of drops, too. Yes. There's definitely growing pains. Uh, Mark, here's a, a, a category that will be near and dear to your heart. The biggest issue with Monday Night Football Award, the nominees, Joe Tessitore, Jason Witten, Boogermobile, and the commercial-free Genesis Halftime Show. Mark, your answer. I no know winner. that I am not the only one. It is, to me, it is Joe Tessitore. It, listen. Whoa, an I, upset. It's just, it's not. In, that's an upset. very professional and very versatile, and he came in with a with a resume that suggested this would go well. It is a soup of all of them that I find disagreeable. I, I more enjoy watching the Monday Night Football on condensed mode, which is troubling because it was always something that I loved on Monday night. After you get through that Sunday and you get through all the – bum rush of news on Monday and all the stuff that we have to do. You get to sit down and watch this game, and I have not enjoyed Monday Night Football this season. Greg, pretty Apologies. big upset there. Tessitore taking, taking the trophy home. Your thoughts? It is, but I think it would have been a smart um, pick ahead of time because you're getting the longer odds, and you're also getting some real offensive moments uh, throughout the season. <laughs> I mean, we acted like uh, – Mason Crosby hitting a field goal was like uh, landing on the moon or something. It's the hyperbole. Here's, here's an upset pick. Everyone above the three people in, in the booth or mm. the three people involved. Yeah. The executives that decided Jeff Triplett was a good hire, Jason Witten was a good hire, Booger McFarland belongs in a mobile. The way, way too much production going on. The prepackaged stuff involved in that thing. Oh, I like, I like when they had Tom Brady jumping onto the uh, – Jumping on to the winner, and it's it, it, here is John Gruden because I miss John Gruden a lot. J Jason Witten, by the way, just pops some champagne because he cannot believe he didn't take home the trophy here. You like you didn't like John Gruden last year. You no, I like about him all the time. No, no, no. I, I like Gruden as the announcer. 
I'd love to study the tape on that. I feel like you're no, all over I, Gruden. Listen, I, I not, didn't like him until I saw this. I think the contrast is certainly part of it, but Gruden was not the, was not. Re, I watched every single Gruden Monday Night Football game. He was never my biggest. I mean, Sean McVay. I mean, Sean uh, McDonough. Every Monday night is definitely open up that uh, red bottle of wine and just kind of watching the world burn. Smiling. <laughs> <Exactly. laughs> uh, Wes, the hot butt award. We've already lost uh, one head coach to dismissal. Of course, Hugh Jackson on Monday. Who's got the hottest butt uh, amongst the remaining coach? Not an award you want to win, but uh, who is the winner? I want to say Pat Shermer, but off the top of my head, it's going to be Dirk Cutter, just for how he's handled that quarterback situation. <laughs> we have a, a commercial break? <laughs> I mean, it's... I it's, just like the song. It, they were the finalists when we did the bracket before the season, mm-hmm. Dirk Cutter and Hugh Jackson. They played each other in a game that had a lot of... Uh, Mistakes in it, I think, from coaching on both sides. And then, the you know, the loser of that game lost his job. I it, I think it probably could have gone the other way if if the Browns won that game in overtime. That's a good mu- that's good music to play, by the way, Erica. If someone's starting to go on too long, you just yeah, play, them, play off. them off. Play them off. All right, here's a big one, Greg. You're going to like this one. The Free Agent Bust Award, Sam Bradford, quarterback, Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> Allen Robinson, wide receiver, Chicago Bears. Case Keenum, quarterback, Denver Broncos. Nate Solder, tackle, Mm. New York Giants. Malcolm Butler, cornerback, Tennessee Titans. Tough competition. And the (laughs) quote-unquote winner is... (laughs) I'm going to have to go with Nate Solder. Nate Solder with a win. Sam Bradford's getting paid a lot of money. Not $20 million like everyone's saying because they're saving $300,000 every week by benching him behind Mike Glennon. How insulting is that? You could have seen that coming with a little bit with Sam Bradford, whereas Nate Solder, $18 million a year to protect Eli Manning, uh, an average to this year below average league tackle. Sorry, Nate. What do you guys think? Take that money, though. Good job. I think I'd go Keenum because it means more. Keenum, though, like he's had like a, of the eight weeks, he's probably been exactly what you expect for four or five of them. Whereas the others have, you know, Sam Bradford especially has been kind of an unmitigated I think disaster. Keenum to me is the most mismanaged situation because you could have done more if you were Elway to find one of the young quarterbacks and have some future hope. And you're right back where you started. Where for me with Solder, it's just hard to find a left tackle and they did the best they could with the options out there and it's not worked. They, they did, but they also could have probably done the same production without giving, you know, $72 million. Contract. But then you're getting filleted if, for not getting Nate Solder it's, or someone if you go get a no-namer. All right, now moving on, Chris Wessling, to the best free agent bargain. Here are the nominees. Eric Ebron, two years, $15 million. <laughs> And Dominican Sue, one year, $14 million. Mm. Frank Gore, running back Dolphins, one year, one million. Drew Brees, Saints, two years, 50 million. Adrian Peterson, Redskins, one year, one million. And Geno Smith, quarterback, one year, veteran minimum. It's like 16 people on the list. And the winner is Adrian Peterson in a landslide. He is the Redskins right now. You didn't think about Gino? 
I mean, uh, no, but I would say that Adrian Peterson has made up for their um, their so far very underwhelming trade for Alex Smith. Any, any other thoughts I just on wanted any of those to let players? That sort of just marinate. I think that it, like, when we watch the America's game about the Rams going sixteen and zero, I think Wes was afraid to get played off there. That's why he was very short and succinct with his words. Oh, it'll happen to me, I'm sure. <laughs> I would go. I think Nadama can sue because they're going to win a Super Bowl. Hmm. That is a night. He's been a. I'm just saying in the open. As advertised, you get him for one solid. year. You, I, I, he's I just fairly think, paid though in the in the category <laughs> bar. Ben Liebenberg. All right, we're running out of time. So, uh, Gino, by the way, you can laugh. No. You can laugh all you want. There's no. one quarterback in the league with 100 percent points. I don't think that's ever happened on this show. The chemistry between the two. The tension. Hey, all right. Any, anything that can get her out of her current depression, I'm I'm all for. Thanks, baby. Uh, two more awards. Uh, this is the. A Scorpion Award for a new uh, major network programming that's funny and in an unintentional way. And the winner is... I feel like I know that voice. 12 celebrities go undercover. Grammy winners, Emmy winners, and Hall of Fame players. In television's biggest guessing game ever. Bella Hadid. P. Diddy. Paul Abdul. This show is messing with my mind. The Masked Singer premieres Wednesday, January 2nd. I have a feeling I know who you are. On Fox. Good God. The Masked Singer with the big win. <laughs> Wait, I thought you said unintentional, though. They are trying to be stupid. Right? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Never heard of it. What do you mean? What do you mean? I think there's it's, there's a um, it's a Korean show. You said there's an element copy. of abs- no yeah, absurdity. Yeah, they're trying to be stupid. It it doesn't translate exactly well. I, don't I give Fox credit. They're the one network that is not afraid to you know just go nuts. Oh, they deserve a ton of credit for producing this show. Thank you, Fox. Final award. Uh, it's it's a scientist award. So uh, I don't know who wants to grab this one. Well, you're down in the lab a lot lately. Yeah, I've been in the lab. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be able to come up with this award if I wasn't. You in the come lab. and go as you please. Cranking, you know. Greg, I'll, I'll throw it to you on this one, but I want Wes's input as well. And Mark, good to see you over there. I will not be saying a word during this. The PFF darling. This is the uh, uh, the player that maybe is not a household name, but according to PFF, should be. Here are the nominees: Austin Eckler, running back, Chargers, the number one. Ranked running back, according to PFF. Robert Woods, wide receiver, Rams, the number five ranked wide receiver. O.J. Howard, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the number one ranked tight end, according to PFF. Best grade. I don't know if it's number one ranked, but it's the best grade. Byron Jones, cornerback, Dallas Cowboys, number one cornerback. And, Greg, this one is just for you. Trey Flowers, edge rusher, Patriots, number one ranked edge rusher in the NFL, according to PFF. The PFF darling is? Oh, you give me a chance to give Trey Flowers an award. I'm going to do it. Gave you a shot. But By- Byron Jones is a great pick because I think that's that's someone who's been under the radar who is playing outstanding. Uh, and it's good for PFF to recognize I would say Trey Flowers is the worst pick possible of those. I mean, oh, he's, even, he's even missed games, and to, to be the number one edge edge rusher, no. I mean, I don't think he's the number one edge rusher. I think he's playing at a very high level. That's not too different from what he normally plays at. I would. I lo- I love the way Robert Woods is playing this year. 
All right, and the final award. The only around the NFL uh, previous guest to be on that list, Robert Woods. That's true. A little bump that he joined us. O.J. Howard's been great, too. Yes, I think he he's a big reason why that offense he's is a stud. putting up yards and points. The final award, it's the granddaddy of them all, and it's got to be Mark Sessler deciding it. The assistant coach of the year, <laughs> a little timpani, and the assistant coach of the year for the 2018 midpoint of the season. This is Mark's wheelhouse. Coaches. Wade Phillips. <laughs> what if is that Wade? <laughs> I hope so. What if he could split this with Bones? That'd be amazing. That Has a special teams coordinator ever won? Is this a real award? Do they give out an it, assistant coach of the year? It, yes. yes. He always has. Yes, a come on. The last he always four has years. Special big teams. Pop. But like reading Peter Mark King's column and seeing the responsibility that Sean McVay gives him, that like a lot of a lot of it is what head coaches. Skarnekia got some votes last year. Didn't he win, does. but I did see that he got. So it doesn't have to be a coordinator. I bet. I wonder if Wade Phillips would be. Not disappointed, but thinking that they need to do better than they've done because they haven't really improved despite adding a lot of talent. They're they're good, good not great. These awards are not not this award show. Yeah, but the way they legit. do this is largely hysteria fueled and t- overall team success fueled and utter hyperbole. Wade Phillips, and you don't know how much long you're going to get Wade Phillips. He's the perfect winner based on all that. And people he, love is him. Is he the best assistant coach this year? Who knows? I think he's pretty good. Uh, and that uh, brings to a close another uh, uh, awards uh, show. Uh, so that was nice. It's it's Halloween. Good job, everybody, with the awards this year. Uh, we will be back on – this is frightening. We'll be back tomorrow with our preview show. I don't know if anybody's tracking this, but it will be our fifth show in five days. You want content? We're giving you content. Take the content. One sack up. By the way, Colleen Wolf. Gonzo, we're on the latest broadcast. Best episode yet. You got to listen to it. Really? E- excellent episode. Colleen and John, it was fun. Excellent episode. Very nice. Not gotten my invite yet, but that sounds like it's I'm a sure you will. It's going to go on for years. Gonzine. This is Dan Hansen. Oh, excuse me. Damned Hansen signing off for Dark Sessler, Crypt Wessling, Greg Rosengul, and Erica Tomb Posey. <laughs> Till Thursday night. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.
I'm late. I'm late for a very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com. Come